Hello, and welcome to Embracing Unrest. I'm Dr. Sandra Parker, and this is where we explore why it's so hard to be present and how to use unrest, your body's signal of vulnerability, to bring you home to the moment so you can grow. You know, the hardest and best thing about being human uh, and experiencing your life is that it's not scripted. It's live. It's unpredictable. You don't know where it's going to go. Uh, you could be surprised by uh, the next thing that's around the corner. Now, if we live from that place, our lives are very rich Um we are moved, we are affected, we are in the moment, we're present, our inner world is rich and full. And we are probably also um, an enlightened guru about to, I don't know, walk on water. Because the rest of us are struggling to be here. In fact, that's why there is so much advice, mindfulness advice, uh, guidance uh, in, you know, online articles and uh, courses and apps trying to help us be present, help us be in the moment, help us experience our lives. What the heck is going on? Why is it so hard to actually experience ourselves? What's what's going on that we're kind of living in the story about our lives? We're um, almost believing a narrative about ourselves, whether or not what we're actually experiencing matches. And, um, you know, there's just so many ways as a psychologist that I see how this creates suffering for us, this, this reflex to avoid the immediate experience. And so much of what I do is to help people feel safe enough to inhabit the moment and be surprised by what's actually happening. You know, for example, I can be sitting across from someone and, and uh, they're fidgeting, their, their uh, foot is tapping on the floor, uh, their um, uh, shoulders are up and they're holding their breath. And I'll say, can you tell me about your anxiety? And the person will say, I'm not anxious. Um, and, you know, with their permission, I always ask permission to, to reflect back what I'm observing or experiencing with them. With their permission, I mirror back what I'm seeing. And, uh, and, and I'll often get back from, oh, I just always do that. That's nothing. And when I say, well, is it possible rather than it's nothing, that you are actually ignoring what's going on, that you've normalized it and, um, you know, gotten used to dismissing this uh, experience that's happening right now, that there are clever ways that you've decided in your mind that you're not feeling what you're feeling. And it, it can be a breakthrough for people in that moment because it feels like something to be neglected. It feels like something to be ignored. And although the person is kind of identified with the part of them that's doing the ignoring, which is quite a powerful place to be, you know, you're deciding what matters and you're paying attention to getting the job done and you're this amazing human doing and the being of you is kind of secondary. But there's also another aspect of you, because of course we're multidimensional. There's the part of you doing the ignoring, but there's the part of you being ignored. And it's very moving in my office when people register what I'm saying and realize that 
they move out of this position of being the one who's kind of all good with this neglect and they have a feeling of what it feels like to have been so neglected to have these signals from the body chattering away uh, reaching toward your consciousness asking for attention even asking sort of nervously hey are we safe are we safe here are we safe and when people register that there is this experience of neglect and being ignored, there's often a, a moment, quite a beautiful, painful moment of, of grief that comes uh, across their face as they realize that they've spent a lot of their lives not mattering, not experiencing what they're feeling. Uh, like I often say, we matter in our matter. Mattering is a, a, a matter of physical matter. Uh, it's not an idea. Uh, you can have the concept, oh yeah, I matter, I matter. I, I, I give myself bubble baths. I, uh, you know, uh, say no to people. I, I do what I want. But mattering is experiencing what it feels like live. And there's something going on in our culture and just in human life where that truth of the flow of what's going on inside of you is being avoided. There's something about the unpredictability. There's something about the being moved, the being touched, the being affected by life that is, I, I want to say, scary to people somehow. It's as though there's some threat that if you drop the narrative about what's going on, you, you, you give up the wheel of the car, and it's going to go somewhere, and it's not going to be good. And you sort of do give up the wheel in a sense because whatever's moving through you is moving through you in its way. I maybe am watching a, a show. Uh, uh, there was this cool Netflix uh, Dan Danish show um, and suddenly there was this image of a whale that was being um, uh, dissected on the beach. Uh, it was part of, I guess it was a, a, a set in Greenland and it's part of their culture. And uh, my husband quickly said, hey, look away from this. Um, but I didn't, and I saw it, and my heartbeat went up, and it was painful for me. Um, at the same time, I was able to hold it in my heart and mind as a, a cultural reality for the people of Greenland, and, and it's part of their history. But my nervous system was activated. I had pain. I had emotional pain to see this uh, sentient creature being flayed on the beach. Um, like, I allowed myself to, to experience that. Um, I didn't leave that and tell myself, oh, it's just a movie or, um, or even that it didn't matter because of whatever other cultural reasons I've just said to you. I allowed both to be true um, and I was moved and my throat got tight and there was some pressure in my chest and uh, a kind of a heavy feeling. And then that, of course, linked to, you know, some 
feelings in my body that came up in relation to, to climate change and, and the effect on creatures that live in the ocean. All of that's just to say that there was no steering wheel on that experience. I was being taken somewhere. And that in and of itself is part of why people are unconsciously, reflexively ejecting themselves or being ejected from their inner experience. Because when you are moved, that means a force is moving through you and your options are to go with it or to block it, to escape it. (laughs) There's not really an option there where you can make your sadness do something different than it wants to do. You either stay with it or you leave it. And if you stay with it, it's going where it wants to go and it's going to take you there. And we don't like that. We like to feel like we are the agents, we are the directors, we are the ones who make things happen. We live in a very can-do culture. It's all about we've got this. (laughs) And uh, I mean, I love that we've got this. I love that phrase. But, you know, just to be clear, we've got this in the context of a whole lot of other forces that are impinging on how the thing turns out. So um, being moved feels... um, passive. It feels like something that is not um, in our control. And and probably that's true. It, it's not in our control what's happening uh, inside of us in that moment. We do have choices. And I think choice is the word I really want to drive home for people. That although I don't have ultimate control over, let's say, how this sadness is moving me, I can make a choice to stay with it. I can make a choice to allow that wave to take me to some place that is meant to help me adapt to reality. I can make the choice to regulate my nervous system so that this signaling in my body, this unrest that's coming up with the sadness, doesn't um, get too high because unrest is not the emotion. Unrest is this spike trying to get my attention, trying to say, pay attention right now. This is an optimal moment for you, Sandra, to pay attention and feel because this sadness wants to help you. It wants to help you look at something that's true, wants to help you face something in reality, wants to help you come to terms, wants to help you accept something. And accept doesn't mean agree with. It means get out of the argument. An argument with reality, by the way, is a super waste of time. So my unrest is saying, like, wake up, Sandra, tune in right now. But if I don't understand unrest as that, if I misinterpret it as threat or danger, which is super easy to do because it's coming through the same circuitry in your body that fear goes through, um, and if it rises and gets too high and it it, it, it intersects with the sadness, um, it actually amplifies and distorts the wave of the sadness and makes it feel overwhelming, makes it feel like too much. And then instead of being this wave, maybe a powerful wave, um, maybe a tsunami wave of sadness wanting to take me somewhere, but instead of it being a clean wave that's going to take me somewhere, this unrest that jacks up really high actually uh, distorts that wave and turns it into this tumultuous, roiling undertow that sucks me down and makes me feel like I'm overwhelmed and I'm actually drowning. 
And um, so that feeling of being flooded, rather than having this productive sense of forward movement that, although it's uncomfortable and painful, is going to take me somewhere. It's going to take me somewhere helpful and useful where I can um, face and feel and come to terms with some truth in reality. Uh, Instead, the unregulated unrest intersecting with the emotion becomes this very negative experience of too muchness. And when that happens, um, emotion starts to feel like bad news. And being in my body feels like a bad idea. And um, it seems like a good idea really to just avoid this whole messy, vulnerable internal world. And this is not happening consciously for the most part. I mean, some people, yes, they they consciously know they just don't want to feel too much. I remember one fellow came in my door many years ago and saying, Sandra, I just want a flatline life. And I said, you do know that flatline is a synonym for dead, right? We laughed. And uh, subsequently, he has learned to live in the waves and flow and up and down of life. And he's pretty glad about that. But um, yeah, for the most part, people aren't asking for flatline. They're they're really wanting to experience their life and to live fully. And unrest is wanting to help you be able to do that. Um, it's asking you to tune in, soothe the unrest, feel the emotion, and come to terms with reality. Um, but unfortunately, many of us unconsciously have a reflex to get out of what we're feeling and go into a story about it. It just seems like a safer move. It seems, uh, in fact, I don't even think people are thinking about it most of the time. They get triggered with unrest. Whatever emotion was wanting to come through to help them face and feel and finish whatever it is, is missed. And they're in a story. They're in a story about something not mattering. They're in a story of... um, Uh, you know, something being unfair or wrong, uh, but they're not actually experiencing what it feels like to be a vulnerable human who wants something and who has limits to control over making it happen. And in a way, they're rejecting themselves in the truth of who they are. It's like, I don't want to know you as a vulnerable person. That's, you know, what I'm saying to myself in that moment. I don't want to be with you. I don't want to know you. I don't want to hang out with you in this place of something affecting you in a way that you don't have control and you don't like it. Um, But gosh, you know, vulnerability is knocking on our door in so many ways every day, right? Anytime you long for something, any desire you have, uh, you know, these are beautiful forces in us, desire and longing. They're, They're motivating forces. We want you to feel those things so you can be focused and and aim at what you want in life and go for it. But at the very moment that you acknowledge those desires, you're also going to bump up against forces in the world that are obstacles, limits, factors that are contributing to when and how that thing actually happens. So, you know, in that moment where your limits to 100% ensuring uh, that what you want is going to happen... Um, there's this quiver in your body of unrest that is, um, if you don't understand what it's trying to do, which is to get your attention and bring you home so you can soothe the nervous system and feel. If you don't understand that, 
you're going to have a reflex to move away. So right in the moment that you want something, maybe you want an answer to some question. You, you, um, you want a deeper connection with somebody. You want, uh, you want approval from, from someone. Um, uh, maybe maybe something's happened like your your email got hacked and it, all all your contacts are now getting some weird you know request to buy bitcoin or something you know you things you don't have control over right in that moment there is this spike in your body uh that's signaling to you come home when you understand that you've got the choice you don't have control over what's happening but you have a choice you can come home feel your body with precision soothe that unrest feel the emotions that go with that whatever they are in that moment so that you can come out the other side with greater access to your what we call adaptive resources. So your sense of humor, your perspective, your patience, uh, your skills, your experience, all your IQ points, a whole bunch of things come online on the other side of this experience of um, soothing unrest in the body, feeling the natural emotions that come up, either anger, sadness, maybe both, and then coming to this place of, wow, it is what it is. It is what it is. And I'm here with myself it is what it is and I'm here it is what it is and I didn't die it is what it is and I'm going to be able to cope it is what it is and I'll figure this out that's the heart of resilience and staying with myself there is the essence of self-compassion it's the foundation for true authenticity because I'm not being conditional toward myself. I'm not saying I'm only worth loving because I can nail it or I'm only worth loving because I have control. I'm only worth loving because I have say over things. I'm actually worth loving, caring about when I don't have say over things, when I have limits to my say over things, right? That's authenticity. That's actually like I can be me. And of course, out the other side, with that authenticity and that resilience, I feel more connected to the whole human race. I'm not separate from them. I'm as human as the rest of us. We're all <laughs> bozos on the bus, as they say. We're all uh, vulnerable. We all have limits to control over things that matter to us. It, it's a way of linking all of us together in this amazing, beautiful, painful human experiment Embracing unrest really is at the heart of becoming the most powerful human you can be. It's kind of weird. In embracing your limits to control, you become more powerful. It's, it's really hard to do because it's kind of a small reaction in the body. It's this reflex, this nervous system reflex. But when you learn to see it, feel it in your body and attune, like tune in and care about it. You change the game from avoidance, automatic escape, to coming home, being present, and being you. I'm just, I'm so excited about this possibility that if you can do this, if I can do this, if we can do this, how different this world can be for all of us.
Thanks for listening. Social media channels are in my link tree, which you can find in the show notes. Until next time, embrace unrest and harness vulnerability to tame anxiety and spark growth.